Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. There is sad news today for users of Belmont Center. Two of Belmont Center's mainstay businesses are now closing. Terra Firma, which has been in the center since 1998, will close its doors at the end of March of this year. In addition, the Indian restaurant Kasish will be closing its doors. The town of Belmont will soon have a new town clock. The Board of Selectmen recently accepted the gift of a 15-foot tall, four-face clock to be located in Belmont Center. The clock will have a plaque commemorating the clock as a gift to the town from the Belmont Savings Bank Foundation. The Belmont Food Pantry has found a new permanent home. The Food Pantry recently had a grand opening for its new permanent location in Town Hall. The Belmont Journal was there. We're here this morning to uh, do the grand opening, the official grand opening of the uh, Belmont Food Pantry and its new location in Town Hall. Uh, it's, it's important, I think, to send a message to the community that Belmont cares about those who um, need our help. I think it says a lot about the community as to how you treat those who are most in need. The Belmont Food Pantry has been in existence for over 26 years. In the last couple months, we haven't been able to be open. And today, which was on February 16th, it was the second Saturday that we were open. And we had 75 families come in to utilize the pantry. All of these families are Belmont residents. I can attest to that. They've, they've been filled out a contract and they feel proof that they're residents. So this food pantry is really servicing the community as all of, all of you, um, your neighbors, your family members, anyone that is in need that lives in Belmont can utilize this, this food pantry. Here we are in um, beautiful town hall, Belmont Town Hall. Um, the pantry's been open for, this is our second day that we've been open here, and it has worked out phenomenally. Um, everyone's been able to safely come in and, and process through the pantry, and, and it takes a little bit longer because we have to, um, you know, let in just a fewer amount of people so that they can come through. Town Administrator Patrice Garvin, when we gave her, I think on our very first meeting, the task of finding a place to move the food pantry out of the church basement, that she fairly quickly came back with Town Hall as the alternative, which was unexpected, but perfect. And as you can see, if you go around here today, the flow is working much better than when they were down in the church basement. This is ADA compatible, there's adequate storage, everything is much more uh, professionally, uh, can be run much more professionally out of a building like this than out of the basement of the church. But, and this really puts Belmont out there publicly in a way that says this is, these are our values and this is what we do is to look out for those less fortunate and try to help them in all that we can do. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of The Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Thanks for stopping over. Thank you very much for having me. There is uh, confusion that has been rendered with regard to the reuse of the incinerator site. Can you bring us up to date? Well, I, it, it really is now um, a lot of clarity has come to that site. Um, uh, the uh, town has always been wondering what can what can be put on there. So they, they had a lot of uh, suggestions, and they came down with five five basic proposals: a hockey rink, a, uh, a, a digester, a aerobic digester, which is um, you make fuel, you make yes. uh, methane gas, gas, gas to for, produce for, electricity. For, for, for city. 
you have um, a bike park, <laughs> bike park of just uh, just open land, and you have also a place where you can put electrical storage. Now, um, the, the town has always been wondering, you know, what can we put there? Because it, the, it's specifically the state when it gave the town the land, they said it can only be done, it can only be used for municipal purposes. So finally, the town, along with elected officials, went to see the state and the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance. They're the people who gave the land. And they finally came down with a ruling. And they said, look, if anything, if anything goes on that property and makes revenue, it's a, it's a no-go. So that excludes a couple of those alternatives. The two, a, the two very big ones. A public-private partnership for an ice rink. That's right. And a uh, uh, public-private partnership for an anaerobic digester. That's correct. Those yeah. are both off the table. Those now. are now completely. They they can't. They they won't even be discussed because they're now off the table. The state would never approve those two uses. And the local hockey folks don't have the financial wherewithal to do it on their own. That's right. Um, they, well, they what they really well they do have the financial wherewithal to build the building. They just don't have the financial wherewithal to find a parcel to build it. But okay. they do have a parcel, and it really is going to go where the uh, rink is currently. So uh, which we're is, down to a solar farm and a bike park, and just leaving it as open space. That's so. right. And maybe you can combine. And I know people are now suggesting that you can combine maybe a bike yes. path with a battery storage with a little bit of open space. So maybe you can have all three there, and 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 let that um, be the uh, optimum uh, use for the for the property. Looking toward the future, the Slackman have said March eighteenth is the key date. That's right. But it, it is, is that a firm date? It is a firm date. It, they'll decide what goes on to, on that site at that time. Okay, let's close the door on that and talk about the community path. Well, the community path had a very important uh, meeting. It, it, the, the Board of Selectmen asked um, the consultant PAR Corp, uh, uh, PAR group, to come and uh, discuss a, a little bit about um, new information that they received concerning uh, the path and what what and how the path should run through from Belmont Center to Brighton Street. Uh, and uh, so Amy Archer, who was the consultant who did the feasibility study back in, that was released in December of, of 2017, she came back and said, well, right now there's both, uh, if, if you're going to go from the Alexander Avenue underpass, which is going to be built, if you go on the north side or, or even the south side, they're going to be called pinch points. And that's where the width really doesn't, isn't, isn't optimal for um, having a, a bike path that can have uh, first responders go on to it. Uh, but she said that the, the best path is still the south side from Alexander Avenue to Brighton Street. And that was because she said you could negotiate with a building operator uh, which is Pure Coat, which we, which has been around for many many years here. They own, and and the building that they're talking about is uh, Crate Escape, is where Crate Escape is, the, the uh, doggy daycare center. Um, but so, so so the board of selectmen voted uh, two to one to to continue uh, to to basically start um, uh, engineering studies on that. But it but they gave a big caveat, and that was they said they were going to get sixty days to try to negotiate a deal with Pure Coat. If we can't do it in 60 days, it reverts back to the north side. Okay. And finally, we have big news on the new 7 to 12 school. That's right. We have dates. We, we have a groundbreaking date, which is Wednesday, May 29th. 
And we know that is because that's the, that's the day the Secretary of Treasury for the, for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has already pinned in the date that he can come down and shovel in, <laughs> put the Sorry. shovels in the ground. Uh, the, other, the other two big dates is uh, June 10th, and that's when field work will study, uh, start, basically just bringing the equipment in, ready to go. And on June 24th, the real construction begins. That's a Monday, and then for the next five years, we'll, we'll have a big, core, big, big stuff happening over there. That's great. Thanks for stopping by. We have been speaking with Franklin Tucker of the Belmontonia. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald and for Wicked Local Belmont, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Thanks for stopping over. Thanks, Roger. Uh, we really shouldn't be smiling. There was really oh, disappointing know. news that came out of the high school just a couple days ago. Yes. There was an email sent by the interim principal, Belmont High School principal, Thomas Brow, to parents saying how disappointed and saddened he was to share news that a swastika was drawn on the library carpet, the high school library carpet, with water, liquid water. Someone used liquid water from a bottle to draw a swastika. And other students saw this and were very upset by it and reported it. Um, they identified the student. He did confess about the terrible act. They met with him and his parents. They took the disciplinary action that the student handbook says you would take in a situation like this. They wouldn't say exactly what they did, but they said it's according to the school policies in the handbook, whatever discipline ac action they took. And this is covered by the student handbook, specifically covered. Yes. Uh, Yes, hate, I didn't get to I didn't get to read it cover to cover, okay. but it's good to know that this is in there. And the way Mr. Brow dealt with it was just, you know, he just said this will not be tolerated. And even Superintendent Phelan said he was also very saddened by this. And it's it is ironic in a way, Roger, because next week the school is celebrating diversity with a diversity day event. So they're doing everything they everything they can to teach yes. children. To that we all we we all are one. We should all to work together. Exactly. And when you graduate high school and you go to college and you work in in the real world, you have you you cannot be that way. You have to be. Everybody yes. is you know should be treated equal. Okay, let's close the door on that mm -hmm. and talk about uh, one of the municipal projects that is really proceeding at, at pace, the, uh, it sure the is. Uh, renovation of the police station. And we now know where the police station is going to be relocated. We do. They've been looking for a temporary location because during the construction, which is going to start in June, they cannot be in the, the existing police building on Concord Ave. They need to be somewhere else. The entire staff needs to be out of the building. They found that the water department property at 35 Woodland Street is the best option. They're going to set up trailers, about 5,000 square feet of trailers on the property. One will be accessible to the public. The others are going to be used for staff. There will be no sirens used on the property. There will be no 
uh, prisoners kept on the property. They've made arrangements with other towns for prisoners. And I know one of the issues was where uh, parking was going to occur. Now there is plenty of parking. That's, that's the other reason they really like this water department property. They have not worked out any of the details. They, they got approval from the selectmen to use the property, but they have not worked out any of the details about entry, entering and exiting. And the Woodland Street residents do not want any police vehicles entering or exiting their street and they said that there's an agreement that the town has with the neighborhood that dates back to the 1960s that says only water depa department vehicles will be allowed on the street. However, no one seems to have a copy of this agreement and they're searching for it. I don't know if they'll find it, but they're looking. And this move will occur in June? June. Well, probably that's, May. That's probably great. May. And uh, uh, briefly, we have a film comp company coming to Belmont. It's very exciting. Paramount <laughs> Television. They have their eyes on Ivy Road to film um, an eight-part television series starring someone who is from Massachusetts who has starred as a superhero on the big screen. They won't say who it is yet, but they want to film. It's all exterior filming that they're going to do. A lot of filming at night said it'll take about five days, could, could take four depending on how late they're allowed to go. And it's like the end of April, first week in May. They want to meet with the neighborhood, get a feel for how they feel about this. They said they're going to do everything they can to, to make everybody... To make it easy. Yes, blackout windows, put people up in hotels, pay them if their house is in the movie or if they have to move a car. That's they're going to be very accommodating. It's very, I think it's very exciting. Well, it'll be fun to have them in Belmont. Yeah. Thanks for stopping over. You're welcome. We've been talking with Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Belmont has a new Indian restaurant on Concord Ave, The Spice and Delight. Belmont's Journal's Joanna Juvelis sits down with co-owner Rusty Gill to talk about the new eatery. Hi, uh, I'm Rusty Gill. I'm originally from India. I'm a co-owner of uh, Spice Delight in Belmont. Uh, we just opened up a few weeks ago and the town's been wonderful. We were looking for the appropriate place to put Spice Delight and Belmont seemed to be a great fit for us. So when we saw the opportunity to lease this location, we did. Uh, the menu is pretty much uh, North Indian cuisine. Uh, we have a huge variety of uh, meats available, chicken, goat, lamb, and there's a good amount of vegetarian dishes and we do offer some uh, vegan uh, entrees too. Eric V is uh, preparing some uh, dishes that we're going to be serving. Uh, the first one is uh, chicken korma. And the second one is goat biryani. And the third one is chicken tikka masala. Ready out. the goat biryani, that's the chicken tikka masala, that's the chicken korma.
ਕੋਈ ਟੈਂਪਰੇਚਰ ਨਹੀਂ I believe our services of a more personal friendly dining experience Belmont rower Ava Dargan recently set two national records in indoor rowing The Belmont Journal's Jane Peters had the opportunity to talk with Ava and her coach about Ava's accomplishments Yeah, so we kind of had like a, a pretty tough week of practice and we wanted to kind of do something fun at the end of the week. So I came in and I was just like, "Ava, why don't you try and go for 100 for 100 meters and just go as fast as you can?" And you just kind of like went after it. Yeah. It was it was really surprising cuz I got off and he was like, "Oh, congrats, like you broke a record." <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, "Okay, I rode for a minute." <laughs> and then I got off and you're like, "Oh, you broke another one." So it's the Concept 2 rowing machine and uh they hold like uh age group records for all sorts of distances. I think there are 10 distances in total, 10 or 11. Um so they go from like the 1 minute and 100 meter are kind of like the shortest and Ava's really good at kind of being she's really powerful. So um it's really cool to to have her set those records, but they go all the way up to like marathon distance. Um so it's really cool that she set it. It's like an American record. So there's never been anyone so far uh between the ages of 13 and 14 that's gone that fast. Um, in the country. So it's really cool and she's not too far away from the world records as well. Uh you know, she's just a freshman, so she has a ton of potential in the sport. You know, she's worked really hard before rowing and and uh trained really hard, so it's good to have her just come in and be able to kind of set these right off the bat. Yeah, so we're typically on the rowing machines like about uh three or four times a week and then doing some lifts outside of that. Um and it's it's a lot of training. Like they they're really dedicated and it's really cool because we're such a small team. So we're just five athletes. So it's really cool to to have a really small group and they're kind of like really like closely knit and really tight family almost. It's awesome to have young athletes who really want to push themselves and probably have the easiest coaching job in the world. Like it's just so easy to coach people like this. They just show up every day and they're really dedicated and motivated and work really hard to do the things that they want to do. It's just exciting. It's like something cool. I didn't really think about it too much cuz like the time set before were really fast. So it was looking back on it, it was like really cool to be able to break it. I mean, I always want to get faster, so I guess it's kind of just like pushing me to go faster. Earlier in February, the basketball court at the Werner Fieldhouse at Belmont High School was dedicated as Coach Lyons Court. Lyons was the basketball coach at Belmont High School for 25 years and was the founder of the Belmont Youth Basketball Association. Lyons was joined by his 12 grandchildren, his five children, and his wife Mora, both at the reception and at the dedication of the court. Most importantly, Paul is a loving and devoted husband. Behind the coaching accomplishments at every turn was Mora Lyons. Her love and support to countless players and parents over 40 years is the true mark of the man and his greatest achievement. Mara, would you please come forward? To honor, to honor Mara, 
the past members of the Marauder Bells Belmont Association Basketball Association have a gift for her. reception for the Lyons family to thank well-wishers included a special cake and Paul's favorite ice cream. Former players, which includes current varsity coach Adam Pritchett, reflected on a few special as well as humorous events playing for Coach Lyons. Melissa Hart, girls varsity basketball coach, spoke to the meaning of Coach Lyons Court. So thank you, Coach Lyons, and thank you, Mrs. Lyons. I'm happy to see your name every time I go into the gym to remind me what I strive to be as a coach, as a parent, and as a person. I hope that name inspires many people for years and years to come. Here's the Belmont Media Center's Jane Peters to tell us about what there is to do in Belmont in the coming week. Hi, everyone. I'm Jane, and this is your community calendar for next week. Belmont Books has an author talk for everyone next week. On Tuesday, Christopher Castellani visits with Marianne Leone to discuss leading men and Ma Speaks Up. On Thursday, Whitney Scharer and Jessica Shattuck discuss their books The Age of Light and The Woman in the Castle. And on Saturday, kids can enjoy the witty It's Not Hansel and Gretel with local author Josh Funk. Learn more about these authors and their books at belmontbooks.com. Channel your inner rock star with Pound, a full-body cardio jam session inspired by the infectious, energizing, and sweat-dripping fun of playing the drums. Using ripsticks, lightly-weighted drumsticks engineered specifically for exercising, become the music in this incredibly effective workout at the Beach Street Center on Tuesday at 6. Boston's chapter of Girls Pint Out, a national craft beer organization for women, presents the first stop in its Boss Babe series at Craft Beer Cellar on Tuesday at 6 p.m. On Tuesday, you can hear from Suzanne Shallow, co-founder of CBC, about how she got her start and where she sees the industry going. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Learn how herbs and spices can change with just one dish in Chop Chop Test Kitchen's Herb and Spices Cooking Workshop. 
Students in grades 9 through 12 can participate in this class that will teach how to read recipes, stay safe in the kitchen, and give hands-on learning. Sign up on Eventbrite. Two Berkeley College duos will perform at the Second Friday Coffee House at 7.30 at the First Church in Belmont. Ethan Sitiawan and Louise Bichon team up to explore fiddle traditions from Scotland and Appalachia via Scandinavia and Canada. Bean and Jade perform pop and R&B music through various styles. This coffee house's featured charity is Berkeley City Music, providing music education to students in grades 3 through 12 in the greater Boston area. Singers, musicians, poets, authors, filmmakers, and artists alike are invited to BMC on Saturday from 12 to 4 to perform in our March open mic. The public is invited to enjoy live local talent as part of our audience. Both performing and attending are free. Performers can sign up by following March sign up link at bit.ly slash Bring the whole family to Habitat on Saturday, March 9th to learn how maple syrup is made from sugar maple trees. Have your hand at a few sugaring activities, hear stories, and taste sap right from the tree before boiling a little down to taste. And you can start reading now for the library's book discussion on March 20th. This month's book is Refuge, which follows a young Iranian girl and her father's relationship through the prism of global immigration. The library's book club meets on the third Wednesday of every other month, and all are welcome. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can email your info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.